gentlemen, this stage is set. The mics are on. It's not another fight cast time. With your hosts, fighting out of the blue corner. This man is a former fighter. The voice of Brave Combat Federation and Clan Wars MMA. The great and powerful Phil Campbell. Fighting out of the red corner. This man is a former fighter. And now one of the best coaches in mixed martial arts. The one and only Andy the Icon Burroughs. All right, ladies and gentlemen, my name's Phil Campbell and I'm here along with Coach Andy Burroughs and we're just going to do a brief introduction to the kind of podcast that we want to do. Andy, how are you? Not too bad, Phil. Nice to be here. Glad that we can eventually jerk a curtain and get this podcast kicked off the way we want. I think what's going to be interesting is discussing as much for ourselves as for anybody listening what kind of podcast we want what do we want to achieve what do we want to do what do we not want to do so when you were thinking about sort of getting involved in this venture what was off the top of your head my goal ultimately is to build a nation that we all are in agreement with where we can showcase local talent by local i mean ireland not just our own back garden of northern ireland People who come from all different fighting backgrounds, all different traditional martial arts, more, if you want, more modern combat sports, mixed martial artists, professional wrestlers, boxers, judoka, grapplers of all different shapes and sizes, colours, creeds, genders. We want them all. We want them to showcase their talent and they want us to give us some guest suggestions and that way we can help them further what they want to do and hopefully push us forward more with what we want to do. I think that's interesting. I think what we also need to do is make it as interactive as possible so with a facebook page or an instagram page have almost like a, a fan question or a listener submission question type setup and as you say <clears throat> i think it's going to be important that we interview as many people from as broad a combat base as possible because let's face it if you type in mma into mm. itunes you're going to just be bombarded Exactly. With an absolute wealth of, of quality MMA podcasts. Mm. So I think it's important to maybe branch out a little bit. And, and one thing we have discussed is we're not necessarily pro wrestling fans, but what we are interested in is the business of pro wrestling. Completely. I find it fucking it, fascinating. It absolutely off the chart fascinating. How, how it works, it's, it's, you know, it's essentially theatre, the working class. Mm-hmm. So I think how it works as an industry is absolutely fascinating. And I'd like to dig a little bit deeper with somebody who knows a little bit more about that, whether that's a wrestling promoter, whether that's a professional wrestler themselves. Mm-hmm. So going down avenues like that, um, again, interviewing um, potential prospects or people that have been involved in martial arts uh, for a long time, I think is going to be interesting. But um, we're also very much open to suggestion. So it's if anybody listening thinks that we could do something a little bit differently, what does the podcast that you enjoy, what do they like that you would like to see more of? Um, what what aspects of podcasts do that you listen to do you like but wish they perhaps did a little bit less of? Um, so I think it's going to be interesting to see what the feedback is on that. Um, and we're not necessarily going to take it all on board. If, if we think somebody submits a shit question or a shit idea, we're going to be very vocal in telling them that because uh, it's mostly going to be opinion-based pieces and I think that's going to be interesting for the two of us. And we may even follow out with one another about I imagine there will be some every now and again a disagreement. Um, you said something quite interesting there about what you want to hear more of or what you want to see more of. Um, what I really want to see more of is fighter prep. Mm-hmm. We all talk about the fight. Everybody wants to break down a fight. Everybody wants to be the next Robin Black. Uh, but nobody talks about how the guys or girls get to where they get to. Um, I want to see more nutrition-based podcasts. I want to hear about how these guys and girls get to where they're getting. How they- 
within DMX martial arts gym or whatever combat sport they've started out with. And do you think that's because you're coming from that coaching background that you have an appreciation? Because let, let's face it, um, fans that don't necessarily train themselves, all they're seeing is the end product of the fight and they think it must be great to get paid X amount of money just for that 15 minutes or that 25 minutes of the fight. So do you think it's because you're coming from uh, a coaching background that you're kind of more in tune to what the fighter goes through? No, 100%. Yeah. Even long, long time ago in the midst of time, whenever I was competing, Mm -hmm. I didn't pay enough attention to that aspect of life. Now it has to be a lifestyle. You have to be fully committed. Even though in certain cases, amateurs are now basically making the same as what a pro would a long time ago. You still have to have that strong base. And I think that, you know, from a coach's perspective, seeing the other side of it, you know, uh-huh. inside, inside the tent pissing out rather than outside the tent pissing in, <laughs> you see an awful lot more. And you can see now why the guys or girls make it to where they do, or some cases why they don't make it yeah. to where they do, which I find a wee bit more fascinating. Also, things about weight cutting, um, choices of weight cutting, why weight cut, why people want the weight cut, why yeah. they think it's some sort of rite of passage. Mm-hmm. You know, stuff like that really fascinates me now, and I think that in this day and age, that should be, if you want, turned over an awful lot more, yeah. a bit deeper into that. So I think that if we can get people on who are willing to discuss that with us, nutritional experts, guys yeah. who work with fighters, or assisted with fighter prep, then I think that will be something that the public will want to hear. So you've touched you've touched on it briefly there. You spoke about um, now you're known predominantly to people in the mixed martial mm-hmm. arts community as you know a, a great boxing coach, a great MMA coach. You can often be seen in corners if any IFS guys fighting. But you touched briefly there on your own fighting history. Mm-hmm. So tell us a little bit more about that. Uh, I took up martial arts. Uh, I think it was about two thousand. Oh, flip me, nineteen ninety eight, maybe. So uh, in um, the in the dark ages, you, know, you were you were a cage fighter. Yeah, pretty much. Yes, I think Johnny Vaughan once described it as human cockfighting, which strangely conjured up a different image for me. That <laughs> I was sorely disappointed when I found that it wasn't. Uh, but back then, nobody had a clue what was going on. Yeah. People didn't have a clue how to train properly. Nobody knew what was actually ever going to take place. And by far, if anybody says they envisioned what it is now, they're full of mad dog shit because nobody knew what was going to happen. Yeah. Nobody understood this. So I would like to think that um, I got into it because I was playing a lot of football, went and did some traditional martial arts, and then eventually branched out into what was described as a fighter's class, which was basically a lot of guys beating the absolute shit out of each other. So was there such a thing when you came up as a structured mixed martial arts class? Was there was, was there a mixed martial arts gym? or How did you become aware of the sport of MMA? And was it even... MMA at the time? It wasn't MMA at the time. It was Ultimate Fighting, and it was 1995 <laughs> or something. I'd watched my first ever video. Remember, it came out starting in 93. Like Valley Tudo type stuff? Yeah, and then we had seen that and went, that looks interesting. I had no interest. I was playing a lot of football at the time. And then sooner or later, as I said, football took, went to the wayside once I started traditional martial arts. And we found that, that there were people who wanted to compete and having a competitive edge, I just wanted to win. I didn't care whether it was yeah. a sport, what, what sport it was. It could have been... I don't know, tramp wrestling or something. I still wanted to see a win. You want to be the best tramp in there? Yeah, absolutely. I wanted to be the best tramp in the alley. So, uh, in that way, that's how we found ourselves doing it. And how you learned was through a seminar. So, that's all seemingly still now works with BJJ, but there was a lot of seminars where guys... Who would have been the type of people taking those seminars? Uh, the most prevalent one, two people I remember vividly, are Lee Hasdale, who, if people don't know who he is, somebody go and get Google because the guy was a complete and another ex-martial arts pioneer in Britain. Uh-huh. Um, another gentleman was a guy called Rick Young, a judoka, British judoka, Scottish guy, who was venomous, absolutely amazing character. 
both very interesting learned a great deal from both guys Lee Hasdale ran the first ever MMA shows in Britain and it was called Total Fight Forum and that took place in Milton Keynes a place called The Sanctuary so <coughs> those are going back to 2000 the year 2000 99, 2000 th- that sort of time so so you said you know uh, I think it was John McCain had you know dropped the, the sound bite about human cog fighting mm. did that hold did that because it made it so niche and made it sound you know dangerous did that hold a degree of allure for you was there was there intrigue there when you when you hear terms like that being bandied about for me no i didn't care about that uh-huh. i just wanted to compete it wasn't about being a fighter it wasn't about having that hard man image a lot yeah. of guys and don't get me wrong that was massively prevalent there was yeah. a lot of people who were clearly juiced to the dick who clearly had found no other outlet for their aggression and wanted to try this looked like a tap out story fucking thrown up on them Pretty much, tap out had fallen on top of them. Or uh, back then, it wasn't even tap out. I don't think tap out had got to Britain yet. Uh, it was some other garbage. I, think, I can't even remember what it was. But it was something with skulls and fire, like it's skull, knife, fire, like whatever, <laughs> like a dog. Obviously, a dog. Pitbull. Yeah. Pretty much. Pitbull and chain. Yeah. Pitbull and so, chain pissing on a skull. Yeah, but but a ten of beer and it's having a knife through. Uh, so yeah, you were you were bombarded with that pish. So I think that. That's how, and then we've seen the evolution of the of the combat sport. Really, yeah. um, I'm glad it existed because it's it's found us here now, literally. So, how on earth did you get here? Uh, I, I drove. Yeah. Okay. Um, into martial arts. Oh, good question. Specifics. Ah. I like that. Um, how did I get in? Um, I was a fan first, so mm-hmm. it was just prior to the the advent of the Ultimate Fighter. One, the first series, which I you know really sort of spearheaded the, the growth uh, of MMA in general and indeed the UFC. I think it was the UFC 43, I think it was Vendetta. Ken Shamrock fought Tito Ortiz. And I remember it, it was on Bravo at the time, and I just stumbled across it. Um, it's back when the UFC used to be on on a Sunday night pre recorded. I remember that. And I remember watching it. And it got to the stage where you could tell how long a main event went by how long was left on the broadcast because it was pre-taped. You had to stay off any kind of social media. But yeah, as I say, started as a fan. Um, I had gone um, to a couple of classes ran by Davy Parson in Lord Leisure Centre. Yeah, an absolute pioneer oh, of a fight star of a human being. Yeah, well. you know the majority of clubs can be traced back to him somehow. Uh, yes, they can. If he's if he's the main lake there's a bunch of tributaries yeah. going back to him so he did a couple of classes um, it was once a week Lauren Neiser Centre uh, and it was the basics but it was absolutely fascinating to watch how sort of the machinations of these things became how you would set up a rear naked choke how you would evolve from a takedown to side control to mount and I remember just being absolutely enthralled by how this went down um, then for one reason or another that class stopped but then Peter Wilson another who, legend exactly Peter Wilson an absolutely fantastic coach um, again you can tra- you, he was part of EFR which was the gym he, ran by Danny Parson the original yep. one of the originals so you can trace that back he started a gym in Ballyclare called the Bowring Bowring yep. me. so Peter Davey was a coach there I as well yeah poster boy Peter Davey from Glenarm um, and um, who else Arl Movena from Glenarm was also a coach there so it was called the Bull Ring because it was essentially a cattle shed uh, in Ballyclare so we would get together we would fight we would train hard and we had a bunch of guys representing uh, the Bull Ring on the likes of Clan Wars things like that guys like Danny McDonough you know star. just tough 
tough men, mm. legitimate. Uh, Vincent McCory mm. uh, was out of the bull ring as well to begin with, so just really tough lads. Um, then it closed due to circumstances beyond our control, um, and I found myself at IFS. A lot of the, a lot of the guys like Danny, like Vincey, like Aaron Wallace, I'm alert. then moved to IFS. Um, I've been at IFS since. I've, I've competed a bunch of times, represented the bull ring, represented I, IFS. Um, I think my, my, my years of competing, I think, are, are pretty much done because mm. I'm getting on a little bit. Injuries build up, um, and now. Um, some people might know I do a little bit of commentary as well. So, Me a little bit. So I've, I've, I've kind of transitioned into commentary now. I commentate for the likes of Clan Wars, <coughs> Kay's Legacy, CRC, all the major ones on the island. Mm-hmm. And I also commentate for Brave Combat Federation, um, which for me is one of the biggest MMA promotions in the world at the moment. Um, and it's only going to get bigger. Um, so I do commentary all over the world. Uh, I still train because I feel that informs my commentary. You need to know what you're looking at. You need to keep things fresh. You need to almost know, preempt what somebody's going to do. You know what they're trying to set up. Um, so I commented along with Nolo Keith, who for me is unquestionably the voice he is of Irish MMA, outstanding, and is one of the best. He's for me, he's in the number number one in Europe, and he's he's, yeah, he's up it's, there. it's hard to argue with that. I mean, there are other guys out there, but it's very hard to argue that Noel isn't the most confident guy with a mic in his hand, standing in the center of a cage. Absolutely yeah. natural. Uh, yeah, he's got a great aptitude for it as well. He understands the game probably equally as good as any other fight an- analysis. Present company obviously accepted. Uh, so, I mean, Noel, as you said, is one of the best around. And I think you said voice of Irish MMA, so good luck. A big shout out to Noel as well. Um, <clears throat> you said you're commentating now for Brave, which is, in my opinion, probably one of the f- probably around number four at the minute yeah. in uh, global MMA organisations. But it truly is the only global MMA organization. Yeah, definitely. As it is, basically, it needs to go to Antarctica now. And it's done Just to take off the list, yeah, that's yeah. it. Yeah. <clears throat> Um, you've been lucky enough now travelling with them for it's just a year or so now. Uh, September will mark a year of, yeah. of me being with Brave. Um, you've had some phenomenal experiences. You've got to travel to countries that ordinarily you would never ever set foot in. Yeah, it's been um, wild. I think those are things that we're going to have to again dig a wee bit deeper into on the podcast. I think that's going to be fun yeah. because. Uh, I'm sure most people will want to hear that. If you don't know, go and follow Phil on uh, Instagram, which is PC Commentary, to see some brilliant stories of where he's been and some of the places that he gets to visit. PC underscore commentary. Oh, sorry, PC underscore commentary, um, where you'll get to see some of these most interesting places, fantastic countries, um, le- with a leading light of world MMA, which is, as Phil said, is only going to get better. Phil's luckily going to be commentating for their... Uh, London show, which is, when's that coming up? That is the 25th of July. And what's really interesting about this show is it's an invitation-only show, um, which means that it's probably the most exclusive mixed martial arts event ever. It's limited to around 500 people. Um, So it's going to be an exclusive black tie event, and it's going to have the feel of kind of like... I think it's going to have the feel of like a, a Bond villain get together, like a subterranean Bond villain get together. So it's going to be it's going to be really cool. Mm, yeah, I, I fought, I've boxed a few black tie shows um, before, and <clears throat> they have a different vibe. Yep. They have a definite different vibe. It's not like, in fact, sometimes I find the people who are at them. This isn't a slight on Brave. It's not a slight on anybody that goes to these things, but they're fairly disinterested until something happens, and yeah. then they seem to become more raucous than any crowd I've ever been in. So. 
I think that it could it could really turn the corner for MMA, especially in Great Britain too. We need we need these shows to come to Britain. We're getting two UFCs a year, maybe one slash three Bellators, depending on if they can make it or not. Um, I think the last Bellator show it had Gegard Mousasi on, um, and he lost to Lovato Junior. That's the two biggest names that have been over here, as far as I can see, mm-hmm. and as far as I can I can gauge anyway. I think we're missing out on a big UFC star making their way here. Obviously, we do have our own UFC stars with Darren Till, sadly losing to Masvidal last time out. But I think that uh, a show such as Brave is going to now move forward with that, take the ball and run with it. And not only that, Brave are signing some cracking fighters from under the nose of UFC. Or guys choosing to go there rather than go to UFC or Bellator or some of the other shows. Yeah, you only you only need to look at somebody like um, Jose Shorty Torres. Yeah, you know. Um, Asked for the cancellation of his UFC contract to sign with Brave. No, that says it. And there's guys, there's there's guys coming from the likes of Jordan who are like phenoms. A bunch of guys from from Dagestan that are just mm. absolute knockout artists. Mm. There's loads of guys with ties to the likes of uh, Khabib. Yeah. And you're seeing that style, which seems to be coming sort of the preeminent style in global mixed martial mm. arts. You know that heavy wrestling base to set up your strikes. Happy to set in guard. Happy to set, particularly in half guard, mm. which is for me becoming a really interesting position it's in becoming MMA. Becoming a very I think obviously everybody understands the mount, you understand the guard, yeah. you understand side control or whatever. But now the half guard is becoming like the new side control. Yeah, it's almost me. like an anchor position. And Guys it, are happy to sit in it and smash. Just smash it. That's mm-hmm. awful. I wouldn't genuinely. I'm glad I'm retired. I do not want that ever again. In my life. <laughs> uh, especially with the new breed that's coming through. But that, that is something like there is such a new breed of competitive sportsmen who are making the jump to MMA as a natural combat yeah. sport. They're no longer looking at kickboxing or boxing. I know kickboxing's dangerously underfunded and never got the money or never got the, the show really that it should have. Same uh-huh. with Thai boxing. But MMA is getting that. And yes, there are thousands of shows, but we're talking about some of the biggest ever. And you're luckily enough to be literally the voice of one of them at this minute in time, which is superb. And from this little tiny island, as I, this is a sort of segue into what we discussed at the start, where, as I said, the talent from this country is, is vast, or this island is vast sitting here with possibly one of the best commentators and one of the voices of the global MMA um, and he comes from our very own little country um, so if we can look at things like that this is where we want to showcase we want to showcase talent like this that can travel around the globe we have people like Carl Moore we have other international fighters we have Liam McCourt we have all these other people in this country who are immensely talented and I want to give these people a platform where they can start to help build their own brand if you want and uh, get on here, give us an insight into their lives, into their daily training regime. Um, and all we need you guys to do is to help us out, is to like and subscribe. And uh, make sure you use word of mouth too, um, post it in an Insta tweet, face past, all the other anti-social media, so that everybody gets to see what we want to do. Um, I'll hand you back to Mr. Campbell before we can maybe cut this one a wee bit short. How about that? So yeah, I think that's, that's a fair summation of um, everything that we want to achieve and as I say we want to make it as interactive as possible we want to have um, as many people sort of on board as we can and sort of build a little bit of a community that's that's an open forum for discussion completely Um, so once again Andy where can people find us well uh, at this minute in time we're going to have an Instagram um, we're going to have Facebook we do have an email at the minute which is not another fightcast at yahoo.co.uk that's not another fightcast at yahoo.co.uk you will see some Facebook posts now. Um, you will start to see some Instagram posts now. Um, when we have guests lined up or when we have a, a bank of guests lined up, we will give out a, a short schedule. Um, that we, If you want, you can then see who your favourite fighters are if they're coming up or you want to help promote some fighters. Um, incidentally, 
uh, folks, if anybody wants to get in board ground level as far as sponsorship goes, we don't have any any minute at the minute, but we will be seeking sponsorship. Um, now, when everybody hears sponsorship, they automatically think money. We're not necessarily going down that road just yet, although we wouldn't greatly receive any money that anybody wants to give us. But we will be sort of looking to try and showcase again local businesses, local sports brands, local nutrition brands, local CBD companies, local meal prep companies, things that fighters will want to use. And that way, this will allow those people to get their name in the market and get the fighters brand in the market as well. So if you make a cracking sandwich, you know, feel free to hit us up. Absolutely, um, yeah. And I'll happily enjoy, enjoy that during the podcast and let people know how good it is. But that's not another fight cast with Andy Burrows and Phil Campbell. Uh, we very much look forward to hearing from you. Thank you very much, folks. See you soon. Bye-bye.